For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I break down the Chiefs' win against the Atlanta Falcons and talk about the last game of the regular season against the Chargers in which they're going to be resting some of their starters, including Patrick Mahomes, and the strategies involved in that decision. Joe, first we'll start with this Falcons game. A lot closer than we, th- we thought it would be, considering it's a four-win uh, Falcons squad. Now, is there re- what, what is your reaction to this? All right, is it just, hey, the Chiefs won their 14th game, they're 14-1, and one, as long as you can win and survive and advance in the NFL? Or are you a little bit concerned that not their sharpest performance is against a team that they're much more talented? Jeff, I, I, this 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 team is an enigma at times to me. You know, they're they're what's that old saying? They're a riddle wrapped in an enigma, surrounded by a puzzle. Um, <laughs> it, they're so good, right? They're they're fourteen and one, and every sports person will ever tell you a win is a win is a win is a win, right? It doesn't getting to fourteen and one doesn't happen by happenstance or accident. It, it, it's it's skill with a little bit of luck, people staying healthy, you know, all those things that make somebody get to this point where they've only had one loss. And I saw a really interesting, you know, stat about this team this season. They're the only team that has beaten every team they've played. Right. right. Cause they have the loss to the Raiders, but they also beat beat the Raiders. Um, So they've beaten every team they've played. Um, So, you know, that doesn't happen by luck. There is something that's really bugging me, though, Jeff. It's there's something that you know when you play the four and eleven Falcons that you just don't wallop them, you know, because you you know you're you're still kind of playing for home field, right? You're still playing for that buy. You're still playing for for the for the number one seed. Uh, you just I don't know. I don't know. There's something about this team that has me a little bit befuddled. I'm not mad, I'm not frustrated, but I'm a little befuddled that they're not beating teams they should be beating by more. Again, a win is a win is a win. I don't care. At the end of the day, you know, they've got to get to that last game. Um, and, and no matter how they did it last year in the playoffs, they squeaked in, however anybody wants to say it, you know, the Patriots lost to the Dolphins on the last game and gave them home field and they, they had these crazy – come from behind victories in the playoffs but you know what they won and they won the Super Bowl I don't care if they won each game by one point as long as you win by one but (laughs) with that said Jeff I'm still worried I'm worried about this team's ability to just put teams away and to end the games faster a little faster than, than than they're letting these games 
uh, and letting teams stick around. It's just, it's just sticking with me, Jeff. I don't know why. I don't know if you feel the same way. For sure. I think there are concerns because I, I think sometimes eventually this catches up with you. Um, there, there are a couple good things. Is like if you can win when Mahomes is as off his game as he was, just throwing a poor red zone pick, which is just unheard of. He, a lot of people were complimenting the defense. The pass rush um, looked as good as it had in, in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not giving kind of the defense a, 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 an A grade or anything because I think the Falcons, they were without Julio Jones. Their running game is not very good, and they move the ball there, they move the ball a little bit too easily. And, again, their offensive line uh, was really banged up. So should, they, they should have gotten those sacks and that pressure. But the one thing that, that came up again big was special teams. Uh, Bucker hitting a 53-yard yeah. uh, field goal, which would be the difference in the game. And then you kind of look at it like the Falcons have this Pro Bowl kicker and he misses this gimme field right. goal at the end. It's really – but, you know, we've since seen – they've shown uh, some more photos and videos. It was actually – Block tipped just a hair mm-hmm. by the Chiefs might have been enough to. So, yes, I am concerned about both that this is going to catch up to them. I'm still concerned about that defense allowing. Uh, Matt Ryan was really efficient. Uh, yeah. Went with, with his 300 yard day. But the special teams, that is one area we can hang our hat on. Oh, definitely. It's a three team game, right? I mean, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, when you look at. The number of plays that happen in a game, it sure, certainly they, they can be game changers. And, and all it takes is, like you said, the made field goal, the missed field goal, the punt return, the block punt, whatever. It could, those are huge, more than just the yards and the points, they're huge momentum shifts too that happen you know, psychologically and emotionally when, when special teams is really firing on all cylinders. Because you just you own, like Marty always used to tell us, you own the field when, you, when your special teams is, is hitting on all cylinders. And, you know, I, look, Patrick's playing great. The offense looks great. They're, you know, you and I were texting about the little chicanery that was going on with that one play. You know, God, I just – there are times where I know why they want to do those plays. You and I have talked about this before, right? Those – you know, because that was that play was almost like a a Philly Philly, right? The Patrick Mahomes it was kind of like the Eagles Philly Philly play. We're, that we're talking sh- about the Watkins, the pitch from Mahomes to Watkins. He yeah. then threw it to Mahomes uh, uh, on the fourth and one. Yeah, I mean, look in the old days, what did we do? What was what did I grow up on? I grew up on you know Bill Jones, our fullback, Kimball Landers, our fullback, in front of Marcus, in front of Christian Okoye. 32 dive, I'll call it, right? Everybody, every, every, everybody who's, who's uh, been around football knows what 32 dive is, right? It's just smash mouth up the middle, get that yard, get to the first down and move on. You know, I, I know why teams do this. We talked about it, right? Now, everybody who plays the Chiefs has, has to, like, you have to game plan for that stuff, right? You got to at least rep it or waste a couple of reps during practice, which is a very limited you got you to gotta waste those reps now as a defense, right? Whether it's, you know, we're playing the Chargers this week or a playoff team and coming into the playoffs. They're going to have to, you know, when they put their game plan together and they're breaking down the film and they're doing their tendencies, they're going to say, oh, here's this, you know, it was like, like I said, I kind of likened it to a little bit of a deeper Philly Philly, right, that the Eagles mm-hmm. used in the Super Bowl with, with Nick Foles. And, you know, it's – um, I was really – number one, I, I held my breath because I didn't want Patrick – twisting an ankle going for the ball diving like he did I was like oh no please 
that would be that would be 2020 oh, capped man. up in right? a nutshell. Yeah, uh, you know the way that this year has been going. If Patrick Mahomes on a on a freak play, you know fourth and one trick play <laughs> breaks a leg or something, like oh my god, please don't let that happen. Um, so you know, I, look, I know why they try to do those things, but at some point, you know, maybe that's the thing with this team. It's just sometimes you got to be meat and potatoes, right? You got to be fourth and one, just pound it up, get the first down, and move on win the game, get out. You know, it's just, there's a little something there that uh, we, you and I've talked about this before. We've texted about it before. You know, everybody's trying to get a little creative and a little, you know, they're trying to come up with some funky stuff and uh, you know, you just don't want it to come back and bite them. Maybe a little bit too cute. And we're going to go into more detail on that, that fourth and one play because there's a lot to break down there. But first the NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. Of course, in this weekend, Chad Henney is getting the start, not Mahomes. So maybe some betting opportunity is there if you do want to go against your beloved Chiefs. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online, and there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, Joe, back to that fourth and one play we're talking about. Several things uh, bothered me about that. First of all, sometimes they get a little too cute. Um, on the goal line, but a lot of times it works. They have the cool underhand tosses. They've had deficient and stuff. But I think the key for all these, you have the best player in full. Keep the ball in Mahomes' hands, whatever you do. Be clever with. Don't, don't give it to Watkins to throw. Don't give it to Kelsey to throw. Keep it in Mahomes. You can do whatever. So that's the thing that bothered me. Um, you made a great point. It's also why – whatever risk, why have Mahomes running routes? Just if something, he's too valuable for that reason. Then the yeah. third thing, I know that Edwards Hilaire was out for the game. Um, and so maybe they didn't feel that comparable fourth and one. Daryl Williams actually converted several short yardage plays. I think that's maybe what they should do going forward on those fourth and one plays. Uh, go to him. He, lo- he looks like he could be a good short yardage back. Yeah, I mean, I'm you know I've always been like an off tackle guy when it comes to short yardage. Um, you know, when I was coaching high school football, I mean that that was always what I would get into the head of our head coach and our offensive coordinator if we were ever facing those situations. I mean, you know, the quarterback sneak is even you know, kind of like become it's it's tough. I mean, you saw uh, in that if you watch that Browns game right with the fumble. Um, you know, with these big defensive tackles and these very athletic inside linebackers, quarterback sneaks are even getting tough. Um, it's tough to win on a QB sneak, even even on, on like fourth and third or inches, right? So, you know, I've always been like an off tackle. I think it, it, it gives you enough forward momentum that you're not – it's not like you're running a toss sweep, right, where you're sweeping a back out of, out of the backfield. You're still – it's still a relatively direct play but I've always been kind of like a, a, you know, off the guard, off the tackle sort of dive play in those short yarded situations, you know, bring in a big heavy formation, bring in an extra lineman, bring them in as a, an extra tight end, 
you know, get a, get yourself a good fullback who can just plow and do like an isolation play on a linebacker. And then, you know, and then you got something I, that's, you know, look, and if you, if you run that and run that and run that every time it's third or fourth and one, of course, teams are going to know and you're going to have a tendency. And that's why I think coaches like Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy have been around doing this a long time, decide that, well, let's try something a little different so that we can make an effective third and one play with a dive play. I, you know, there's so many, so much strategy that goes into it this, these days and so much of the, of the analytics and, and the whole money ball thing that, you know, the coaches are using. So, you know, I get it. I get why they would want to do it, but I think as a fan, it just gets a little bit, you're like watching, you're like, all right, just, you know, some, sometimes money ball is a pretty good thing. And, <laughs> and, you know, just, let's just, let's get out of here with this, you know, first down and, and move on. So yeah, they, I love the, your term you used, you know, cute. They just, they just try to get a little too cute sometimes. And I hope, like you said, it doesn't come back to bite them and, heaven forbid that, that, you know, they end up with an injury from it. Cause I know, I know Patrick's never doing a QB sneak ever again. Yeah. Maybe you know, right. They're... No matter what the sex that's gone from the playbook. And you <laughs> know, that you actually wonder a, a QB sneak is a great play. Just they, they know the cadence so well, they can be so quick with it. You mm-hmm. wonder if that, you know, what I, I would never, you go there again. Anyhow, the risk is <laughs> too great after what happened, but you wonder maybe that's a little bit of a factor in, in their short yardage issues, the fourth and one issues. So. Yeah, definitely. When the QBs aren't as big as they used to be, right? I, I always feel a little more comfortable. You know, Joe Montana was not going to do a QB sneak. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes a big dude, but, you know, he, he's not a John Elway. He's not Dan Marino. You know, he's, he's, he's not, you know, one of those big hulking quarterbacks that, you know, that of the days of old, the dropbacks of old. You know, even, even Tom Brady's pr- pretty large for, you know. And Tom for, Brady is great at those, you know. He, yeah, because he knows – where exactly to go, but he's, he's, he's great. Just, you know, he's six, four, you know? Yeah. I mean, he can reach out. He can, he can get some momentum going. He's a big guy. He's got the weight behind him. So, you know, you could see why, you know, some of these QBs, you know, Aaron Rodgers is ever going to do a sneak. Patrick should never do another sneak. You know, there's definitely some QBs who, who shouldn't be doing it. Um, yeah. It's just, it's interesting to see how, you know, their playbook is developing over, over the, over these years with all this great talent. And, you know, listen, I give them a lot of credit. I give the chiefs a lot of credit for coming up with some interesting plays to keep the playbook fresh. Um, hey, they're 14 and one. Who am I? <laughs> right? Who right. am I to say? And that's the thing too, is, you know, we don't mean to dwell on, on uh, the negative here because they won the game 14 and one, the best record, uh, even if they fall to 14 and two, which I don't think they will, I think they still win, but 14 wins, the best in franchise history, just an amazing accomplishment yeah. For, yeah. for the chiefs this season. And given all that's gone on in 2020, a, a really amazing accomplishment. And so they've well, set just, themselves up for the number one seed. Look at the rest of guys already announced Chad Henney is starting Joe, you know, last year um, the Ravens were rolling and I, I think the chiefs are a more complete team than the Ravens who don't know if their passing game uh, even now is, is quite good enough, but there are 14 and two there. There were other issues. Mark Ingram was hurt, but they, then when they played the Titans in the first round of the playoffs um, after, after that bye, they, they did not look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the chiefs are the one team with the bye now uh, they're going to rest Lisa Mahomes, probably some of their other guys, Joe, you've been in that situation where you had a bye wrapped up take us take the listeners through that are are there concerns with the chiefs could be rusty how would how would you approach it yeah i mean not to dwell on on the past from from my perspective but 
I think players today are much more accustomed to playing this game almost in their mind um, better than we were. We were so less visually capable of, of, of playing a game in our brains than teams are today, than players are today. And let, me, let me explain that. This might be confusing, but they just don't hit as much as they used to. Mm-hmm. They don't practice as much as they used to. Lots of things are taking place in the virtual world, film, walkthroughs, run-throughs. You know, even some teams are using, are using VR, right? They're using mm-hmm. virtual reality. Right. Some quarterbacks, they got goggles and things. They're, they're doing things to keep themselves fresh for the game. And that's just the way the game has evolved. And I think we, when I was playing in the, in the 90s and you know, college in the late 80s, and even probably most teams up until this whole collective bargain agreement took place and, and, and the cap became more relevant, players just can't afford to get hurt. They had to learn to adapt, just like every sport learns to adapt. They just have learned to be able to play at a very high level without really practicing and playing hard against each other during the week. We were the opposite. I think we were back in the nineties. When you took a week off, you were, you worried about rust because you weren't like practicing and hitting and you didn't have the repetition. Like Marty was big on repetition, rep, 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 just keep doing it till you get it right. And now today they just don't rep like they, that we used to. And I think, you know, I think it, it, players have just gotten better at it. I, I was very surprised at how much better this September was than yeah. I thought it was going to be. Remember we, we joked that, you know, September's the new training camp, right? Even though it's a regular season. So I think, I think the players are, are getting better. I think you're going to see a team come off of basically for a lot of the players, it's going to be two bye weeks, right? Really? Cause when they're not starting Patrick, I'm sure a lot of, they're going to, you know, Andy's going to try to get a lot of those players out of this game before too, too long, especially if they get a nice little lead. Um, and then they're going to have the whole playoff bye week. And, you know, that's a lot of rest. I think the players are going to be fine. I, I think Andy's, a, you know, I know they struggled a little bit last year. Andy's a really good bye week coach. Um, so, you know, he's going to know how to have them prepared. He's going to know just enough of the, of the strings to pull to keep them working out and doing all the right things for keeping their timing and reps and all that stuff, but without, you know, really killing the guys and having them super fresh when they open up in their, in what will be the second round of the playoffs, but their first round. And uh, I, I, I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not worried about it, especially with Andy and especially with the way that the things are going, the way teams are preparing to play games today. Great points, Joe. And, and totally worth it. You know, even if there's just a hair of rust, even though you've made the great point that teams are now so much better uh, conditioned, prepared to go without the same amount of reps that they can do stuff virtually um, in other ways, but any chance of you take maybe a hint of rust from Mahomes and the chance for him to be a hundred percent healthy and fresh and rest that, that outweighs anything in the same, you know, uh, Tyree kills another guy I expect his hammy has been kind of uh, bothering him a little bit. He's a guy I, I expect to kind of get some rest. And again, if you have a fresh ready to go Tyree kill, that's as good a weapon as there is in the NFL. Um, I'm curious, Joe, if you, and again, so this doesn't necessarily apply to this chief's team, but it's always fun to look back at history. You, uh, how many bye weeks did you have going into the playoffs? And do you uh, think that affected you guys in, in certain situations during your days. Again, might not apply to this 
current team? I think the my worst experience with the bye week was 1995 when we had home field throughout the playoffs and we lost in that opening round to the Colts. Um, you know, we we that was probably mentally the closest up until that point, in, or for at least a long time, the Chiefs were to the Super Bowl. I know we were physically closer in 1993 because we made it to the AFC Championship game, but I have to say that 95 team that was the mentally closest mm. we've ever been to the Super Bowl. And, you know, we had, cause we didn't in, in 93, you know, we didn't have the buy, right. We opened with Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, we won that game in overtime and we went on that roll, right. Mm-hmm. Going to the house of pain and Houston and, and beat buddy Ryan's 46 defense. Just, just went on that roll. Right. It mm-hmm. was, it was just, just amazing. Um, the, the, the 94, you know, we lost in the first round, you know, that was, you know, that was just a tough loss to Miami. We didn't have a bye, obviously, because we didn't, um, you know, we didn't win the division. So, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have a bye. And in 91 and 92, um, 91, we didn't have a bye. And in 92, we didn't have a bye. We played in the first. So I've only, I've only experienced it one time, if I'm not mistaken. I think we only had one. I've only had one playoff bye in, the, in my five full seasons with the Chiefs. And that that was a really bad experience in 1995 because and here's why I think here's why I think it was I don't think it was so much um, the the fact that we had a buy I think it what hurt us was the fact that it was Steve Bono's first playoff you know as a starter and I think we would have been much better prepared had Steve kept the momentum going of that season you know we went 13 and three Steve was playing really really well throughout, you know, the season, towards the end of the season, we were really on the rise. And having that week off, I think, personally hurt our momentum because it just gave Steve, as a first-time starter in the playoffs, it just gave him too much time to think, you know, and it gave us – I think we overthought that game. And and I think if we would have just played the next week after we closed the season, I think we would have been in, in better shape. I think a lot of it depends on the chemistry of your team. So it's basically what I'm trying to say, and, and that was a very long answer to a really short question. I think I think it's it has a lot to do with you know the experience of your quarterback, key key guys on defense, key guys on offense that they want they look forward to the buy. I don't think that 95 team we really were looking forward to that buy because we you know we had an inexperience, not that Steve had was inexperienced, he's been in the league for almost a decade at that point, but it it was his first you know first time at the reins, right, of the offense and I think that bye week kind of set us back a little bit. And that's why we struggled against the Colts um in that game. And cuz we didn't we couldn't get in we 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 got out of rhythm, so to speak. During, during that bye week, and, and great perspective, Joe, this is just what we want to hear, you know, where else can I get that? But um, during that bye, th- this bye is going to be so different. The Chiefs are going to be landlocked. They can't be going to, I believe it was the Mall of America. That would, yeah, they, exactly. They went, barely, barely made it back in time. So they're going to be landlocked. But, like, what is their approach? Did, you know, when you had that bye, did you just put the playbook away? Did you work out? Did you just totally rest? How, what, what, did, what did you do? Uh, aside from, you know, the trips you took, what, what did you do football wise for that? Yeah. Football wise back then, you know, Marty was, he, you know, he, as tough as he was on us during the season, as far as hitting and, and, you know, we went, we went full bore on, you know, Wednesdays and sometimes on Thursdays, even later in the season, because, that was just the mindset. That's, that's what football coaches did back then. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you worked your guys. And, you know, so we knew we, we were going to be in for good workouts 
we were going to get some rest. Um, you never stop working out. That's like the worst thing you can do because football is a game. It's one of the only games probably where you get into shape to get out of shape. You know, you can get out of shape really quickly as mm -hmm. a football player. You know, you spend the entire off season focused on weights and conditioning, tuning your body to the ultimate, you know, the optimal, right? And then all of a sudden you start hitting each other. You know, you, you know, the weather starts to change. If you're playing in a cold city and you're still practicing outside, like we used to do, you know, we used to joke with, with Mr. Hunt, say, Mr. Hunt, what are you growing petunias in that indoor <laughs> facility? Like it was like 10 degrees and we're practicing outside. Um, but like, you know, you, you just, you, in football, you basically get out. You, now you stay in football shape, mm -hmm. but you kind of get out of shape. You're, you're absolutely not as strong at the end of the season as you were at the beginning of the season. Cause you just can't lift that hard. You know, you can't, you can't consistently do low reps of high weight in December, November, December, and into January. You just can't, your shoulders just can't do it, especially on the line. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, you can't, you can't bench, you know, whatever the weight you were used to maxing out, you just can't do it. And you actually start to degrade a little bit. And I think it's the attrition part of it. The teams that, that can stay in shape and keep their players strong, are the ones that you see staying dominant through the playoffs. And that's it. That's, that's where this is where strength coaches and conditioning coaches come in huge. It's easy to train in the off season. It's easy to get your guys strong and lifting and benching and squatting and doing all those things. You get into like December, and if you can keep your team strong, that's where strength coaches. You know, that's where they make their hay. Um, and and I think that's where you know the, the great teams start to separate themselves. Is the teams that can. Number one, use weight training and conditioning to number one, stay healthy. That's, that's the number one goal of most strength coaches is, yeah, you want your guys to bench and squat and jump and do all those things that they can do athletically. But the goal of strength training is stay healthy. Keep those tendons, keep those muscles, keep the flexibility, keep everything strong. And then that's where strength coaches, I think, make the big bucks when they can do that. Great points, Joe. Great points. And, you know, this might not be the most exciting game for the Chiefs fan. I mean, when Mahomes isn't playing, you're, you're resting guys, doesn't carry the same meaning. But, man, just think what's, what's coming ahead. Yeah. You know, everybody's coming to Arrowhead. Yeah. Well, I, I, no, Jeff, I, you know, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. But I will say, you know, don't just take this – don't take the week off as a fan, right? I mean, my, my, my advice would be – watch this game, watch for some of the younger players, you know, don't, don't just say, Oh, well, Patrick's not playing. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tune into another game or, you know, watch, uh, you know, something on another TV and flick back and forth or whatever. I think, I think as a fan, these are the games you want to watch. Like this is, you don't get that many opportunities in, in, when you watch an NFL team, you get more of it in college. Like, you know, if you're an Alabama fan, you know, you certainly get to see the young guys play because they're winning by 40 <laughs> at halftime or whatever. But like in the NFL, this is a chance for a lot of young guys to get some reps to see what they can do against other, you know, NFL players, obviously. And I think it's a, I think this is a great week for a fan to see, you know, what, God forbid, something happens to Patrick. What would Chad Henney do? You know, how, how would the team respond? How, how would they react? And, and how does he look? Is he staying sharp as the number two? Is he getting enough reps? You know, um, you know, watch some of the younger guys towards the end of the game as they start to pull out the vets and see how they play and see what the future of the team looks like, right? Because, you know, I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to do this again, Jeff. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign – 
you know, 21 of the 22 starters. It's, I just don't know if that's going to happen again for this totally. team. So this team might look a lot different next year. So I think you take this game as an opportunity. As it's an opportunity for fans to really see what the future might look like and who are some of the players that will emerge. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm sure some of those younger draft picks will start getting some reps this week. So it's gonna be, I think it's going to be a good, it's going to be good for, for the fans to watch this game. Great, great points, Joe. You know, they really, if you look at the last two seasons, they finished the chiefs finished the season against the uh, Chargers last year. And, you know, they thought their seating was nobody expected the Patriots to lose to the Dolphins. So, you, you know, you could have taken the same approach, but you saw kind of little signs that, Damian Williams had a big run yeah. and he went on to have a spectacular postseason. And then of course the year before another time they, they had, or excuse me, two years before that they had their um, seating was already determined. And so Alex Smith sad and we got to see the first glimpses of Patrick Mahomes. Now, obviously Chad, he's not going to be the next Patrick Mahomes, but you never know what you're going to see. So uh, chief fans uh, definitely tune in and we're going to be here to wrap it up and, Look forward to the playoffs here. So if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.